0: Yeah. Hello, everybody. It is Don't At Me. I am Dan Dockett. My eyes are a little red. We got allergies going on around here. That's right. We got allergies. But you know what? Unlike NBA players who need load management, I'm here. That's right. I am here to let you know. That should be our motto of the show. We are here to let you know. And welcome. Hope everybody is having a fantastic morning. We want to be your place where everyone goes. I just saw Stephen A. Smith, who couldn't play a lick, like couldn't play dead. And he's sitting there talking smack about Draymond Green. What a world we are living in. Speaking of worlds, we can't show you this video. I guess we can just show you an image from our president, Joe Biden, stumbling and mumbling and talking about all the great things that he's done, and the media is just trying to get clicks. And eventually, in this last night, Kimmel had to go to commercial. Like, see this thing here? I got a little earpiece. And when you're on TV, everybody has an earpiece. And my man Biden had that look about him that was like, uh, you know... Uh, we're doing some really great things, but we, we can't uh, talk about them or they don't get told or they're not said or, you know, reporters are really only in it for clicks stuff. <laughs> That's what was last night. ABC owns the rights. We obviously are not on ABC, so you can't show the video But here's my take with Biden always. Look, the dude won an election sitting in his basement. The dude won the election for a variety of reasons. One, uh, Trump screwed the pooch. Two, uh, there was no question there was cheating in the election. You can call it whatever you want. But hey, look, I'm from Northwest Indiana. I believe there's cheating in every election. Three, he got the hell out of the way. And now he's coming out and he's talking. And now his approval ratings are at historically low levels. Where's his wife? Isn't his wife like some kind of doctor or something? Does she have the great arms like, <laughs> like Michelle Obama? Ooh, oh, man, Michelle Obama has the greatest arms. And she's the most beautiful woman in the world. Pfft, give me Trump's wife any day in a week. Are you kidding me? Where's, where's Biden's wife? Where's Biden's wife saying, hey, man. Joe, you got elected, so you got to serve this term, but we got to protect you a little bit, man. This is terrible. Like, this is horrible. You can't wonder why Biden has the lowest approval ratings of any president since Carter. You can't wonder. When you look at what he was last night, now I understand there is no more sympathetic audience than a Jimmy Kimmel audience. Like Jimmy Kimmel gets out the knee pads, the lipstick, and away Jimmy Kimmel goes on any Democratic uh, anything, you know, on any liberal type anything. We all understand that's what Jimmy Kimmel is. That's what Jimmy Kimmel wants. But damn, I don't even care about that. And frankly, I'm not even talking about policies right now which have ruined the country in the Biden administration. I'm simply talking about protecting a man who clearly isn't there from public scrutiny. I actually feel bad talking about the man. And then I realized, you know how dangerous this is? I get it. My colleagues get mad because I say, well, you know, before Biden, at least we were feared slash respected. Of course we were because nobody really understood what Trump was all about and they were afraid. But now we got, uh, we've done some great things. This is what he said yesterday. Biden, we've done some great things. Uh, Reporters just want clicks. If Joe Biden is complaining about the media, then my God, what a world we live in. I mean, the media is completely in pocket. The media covers everything Joe Biden does up. They haven't talked about Hunter Biden. They're getting ready to do this whole January 6th thing. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Look, I'm all for it. If people tried to overthrow the government, put their ass in jail. It's that simple. But do it for real. Which leads me to Jack Del Rio. You know, Jack Del Rio says, I would love to understand the whole story about why the summer of riots, looting, burning, and destruction of personal property is never discussed, but this is. And he's talking about January 6th. See, I have a different view on this. My view is, you can talk about both. I've said this before, and my wife and I were talking about this last night. If somebody went in to overthrow the government, throw their ass in jail, it's literally that simple. But I'm only going to tell you about my town. My town in Indianapolis, our newspaper and our media are so like afraid of being called an ish, so afraid of what Jack Del Rio is going through right now, which is you must apologize because you didn't say exactly what we think you should say. Well, in our town, there are all kinds of rumors about what our mayor was doing when there were the riots of a couple years ago. And one of them was telling the police to stand down. Now, whether he was drinking, not drinking, that is all up for conjecture. Uh, We have not seen our mayor very often, and we certainly didn't see him then. But Jack Del Rio is not wrong here. Uh, Livelihoods were destroyed. Personal property was destroyed. Uh, Our downtown has not recovered. Now, I don't know about anybody else's downtown, but I do know this. You can certainly investigate and criticize both. I mean, it's not a one-stop shop. It's not like, hey, we can only talk about January 6th, but we can't talk about what happened downtown and any reasonable person, black or white will tell you that what happened, at least in downtown Indy, was inherently wrong. Here's where I got triggered on the whole thing. In fact, after one night of rioting, I went downtown. I gave people that were cleaning up water. I bought water, I bought food from pot bellies. My kids came down and we helped with the cleanup. What got me going was a white dude tearing off a street sign. The street sign was broke. It was one of those big street signs with a metal pole, no parking or whatever, and he fired it right through Harry and Izzy's front window. And I'm thinking to myself, you can kiss my ass saying this is a peaceful protest. I don't care what anybody's telling me. This is a flat-out frickin' riot, and Chris Beatty died during it. Chris Beatty was a guy I did not know, but he was a big Indiana guy, former football player. Because of the riots downtown Indy, uh, there was robbery, and Chris went and tried to stop a robbery, got shot. By the way, Chris African-American, man. You always have to preface this in the world that we live in. But Jack Del Rio, uh, maybe, I guess, you might have to apologize for saying dust up. But any reasonable person, I don't care what Brian Mitchell, uh, former Redskin player, said on his radio show about Del Rio being wrong and blah, 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 blah. He's undisciplined for saying the bull crap. They should investigate what the hell went on in downtown Indy. They should investigate what happened on January 6th. But do it honestly. Just do it honestly. I mean, if you go to Glenn Beck, there's a dude there that's been in jail for 13 months who literally says, anyway, we'll see, he walked right through the Capitol being led in by the police. Do it honestly. If somebody did lead an insurrection, put their ass in jail. If somebody is guilty of trying to overthrow the government, put their ass in jail. If somebody is guilty of destroying property downtown Indianapolis or in your city, put their ass in jail. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of any type of backlash. What's backlash? It lasts one day and then people move on to something else. But Jack Del Rio, in my opinion, if if African-American players don't want to play for him, that's on them, not him. Because anybody reasonable would say, hey, look, we can investigate both. And if you don't like the word dust up, what can I tell you? Not everybody speaks the language you want. Okay? Not everybody speaks how you want. Okay? He screwed that up, I guess. I don't know. But who cares whether he screwed a word up? But I live in a world where, I don't know, we seem to pay. I pay a blank ton of taxes. You're t- and I live in the city of Indianapolis. You're telling me we can't investigate what the hell happened downtown Indy two years ago? And we can't investigate what happened in, in Washington, D.C., December 6th? And get justice for both? A lot of people did lose their businesses downtown Indy. Still have. You walk downtown Indy. We've tricked you. I've told you this before. We tricked you during the NCAA tournament two years ago. People say, "Wow, downtown Indy's come back." I said, "Look at the actual stores. The actual stores are just paintings in the front. They're not actual. They're not actual stores." Downtown Indy's a mess. Period. And uh, in my world, would love to understand the whole story. All right. Why the summer of riots, looting, burning, and destruction of personal property is never discussed. I would like to know that too, at least in my town. Maybe not in your town, but in my town. And you can do both. At least in my world, you can do both. Maybe not in yours. Maybe in your world, you only have to do one thing. Or maybe in your world, you're so afraid because uh, African Americans will be mad at you for investigating. Not the ones that I know. The ones that I know are like, hey man, I'm all for protests. And I've told you about... This, many, many times, I'm all for protests. All for it. Love of protest, But I ain't for looting. I'm not. And I'm not for a carte blanche for a destruction of property. I'm just tired of everybody apologizing. You know, Brian Mitchell's mad. Some defensive back is mad tough. Grow the hell up. If you want to be equal, if we all want to be equal, then treat each other equal. People are going to have different opinions. <laughs> it's just that simple. Uh, The Houston Texans are in a bit of a, a crapper right now. The Houston Texans will be apparently named in the lawsuit along with Watson as a defendant. This is what I've been saying to you. Like when I tell you something, it's usually pretty spot on. What I've been telling you is this is only growing. The reason this is growing is because the New York Times posted an article where a lot of the activity or at minimum some of the activity of Deshaun Watson with his masseuses, 66 and all, happened in hotel rooms provided by the Texans. Non-disclosure agreements were provided by the Texans. Deshaun Watson said, hey, uh, I'll pay you. But you got to sign this NDA, non-disclosure agreement, this, <laughs> that was provided by the Texans. So guess what happens? The Texans are now going to be added as a defendant. All right? This, again, I feel like a broken record every damn day. This, again, is a problem for the Browns. Who thought, "Oh man, I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to put the covers over my head and it'll all go away, Mommy?" It ain't all going away, Mommy. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I've been involved in these. I know the deal. I'll never forget when the idiot professors are, you know, were coming at me. I'm like, "Oh, this going to get bad." This gonna get bad. Well, it never really got bad, it got actually funny, but it did get more popular and it grew, and that's exactly what's happening here. The New York Times article was very damning, and people that actually pay attention to the New York Times, well, one of them is the defendant's lawyer, Rusty Hardin, who said, oh, by the way, you all, the Texans, are going to now be a defendant. Here's the deal, man. Here's the deal, though. How does this play out? What's the end game here? Yes, they closed their eyes. Yes, the Browns gave them $230 million. Yes, Stefanski and Barry, the coach and the general manager, got on stage. And yes, they acted like this guy was just going to play. Well, guess what? Mandatory training camp for OTAs starts next week. I'm guessing Deshaun Watson's going to be there. Well, they say 75% of success in life is just showing up, so I'm guessing Deshaun Watson is going to show up. Why not? This is not getting better for anybody, Uh, except I believe it is getting better for the plaintiffs. Is that right? The plaintiffs? Yeah. The plaintiffs are like, look, this is growing. I think it is going to be very interesting what happens here. I do. I think it's going to be fascinating. On the good news in football, particularly if your name is Cooper Cup, on the good news in football, guess what? Cooper Cup signed him a big old extension, man. Cooper Cup, I don't know how he does it. Well, he does it with a ton of hard work. He does it by being... Uh, I don't know, a guy that has a chip on his shoulder. But Cooper Cup to me, he's the most important non-quarterback in the NFL. Like, we have a good running back here. His name is Jonathan Taylor. My boys in Tennessee have a really good running back. His name is Derrick Henry, and both are very good. But in the world that we live in, in the world that is going on right now, wide receiver, oh, man, how important is wide receiver? Oh. Cooper Cup, 116 catches. Man, come on. Cooper Cup. I got to tell you. No, no, no. No, 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 no. 1,947 yards, 19 touchdowns. And you know what he does. All the little bloggers that are two minutes out of college say, well, you know, he stretches the field. Uh, He he stretches the field. I mean, he's just a – he forces double teams, and he makes others better. Yeah, whatever. All I know is this. I love having a good running back here in Indianapolis. It's fun having a good running back. But if you want to win, you better have a quarterback and you better have a guy like Cooper Cup at all to throw to. Dynamic wide receivers. And what I like about Cup, and again, I don't know, maybe this will change, but at least in my world, uh, is Cooper Cup a diva yet? Is Cooper Cup a jackass yet? I mean, look, if you're going to be a big time wide receiver, somebody better tell Cooper Cup that you got to be a jackass. Somebody tell Cooper Cup you got to lose your mind on a sideline. Somebody tell Cooper Cup you got to dye your hair. Somebody tell Cooper Cup you got to, well, don't show up at camp. Somebody tell Cooper Cup how to act like a big time wide receiver because right now, just putting your nose to the grindstone, signing your deal, getting to camp just doesn't seem to be the wide receiver way. Does it? I mean, come on. Cooper Cup, act like a damn wide receiver. Start becoming a pain in the ass. Give me the damn ball. Yell at Donovan uh Donovan, whatever the hell his name is. Not Donovan Mitchell. Who the hell's Donovan? McNabb. Yell at McNabb. Dance on the cowboy. Late in the game, do the Randy Moss. Go out for a pass and then walk back as the clock ticks and you lose. DK Metcalf, don't show it. Come on, Cooper Cup. Be a damn wide receiver. Start acting like it. You're the best wide receiver in the world. 145 catches, 1,947 yards, 16 touchdowns. Led the league in receiving the triple crown. Of receiving yards, touchdowns, and receptions. And yet, he's not acting like a jackass? I got to go to the beard on this one. And when I go to the beard, you guys know I'm doing some thinking. Some serious thinking. About time you started acting like a jackass, Cooper Cup. It's what you're supposed to do. There was a day, ladies and gentlemen, when the Indianapolis Star was an unbelievable newspaper. There was a day when they had three people, Mark Alicia, Tim Evans, and Maria Kwiatkowski. All three of them, when they investigated you, you had a serious problem. Somebody reached out to Maria Kwiatkowski with information on the United States Gymnastics Organization. About abuses by a maniacal, jackass, ridiculous doctor named Larry Nasser. Maria, Tim, and Mark then started investigating. USA Gymnastics was located right here in Indianapolis. Turns out Larry Nasser is one of the worst dudes ever. Turns out Larry Nasser, for years, with the support of USA Gymnastics, with the support of other physicians, uh, was abusing young gymnastics gals in his own sick, twisted way. It's a story that has many tentacles. Like Larry Nasser was doing the same thing at Michigan State. But you got to understand the big timeness of Michigan State relative to the media in East Lansing. None of these young ladies that were abused at Michigan State could go to the press at East Lansing because every single writer, every single broadcaster in East Lansing was in pocket with Michigan State. Why? Well, because they had to be. Why? For access. And this is the problem with big sports college towns. Like when I was at Indiana, when Coach Knight was being a jackass, you think anybody would have ran to call him this Bob Hamill? Bob Hamill would have ran right to Coach Knight. Same thing with all these little punks that are riders at Michigan State for Michigan State in East Lansing. They're just punks that are in pocket. So these young ladies reached out to the Indy Star, Maria Kwiatkowski, Tim Evans, and Mark Alicia. And the Indy Star delivered big time. The Indy Star delivered. With a series of articles, damning articles, explosive articles that exposed the USA Gymnastics and Larry Nassar and Michigan State for what they were, enablers of one of the worst abuse cases ever, if not the biggest abuse case ever. And the three of them were relentless. The three of them were what journalists actually are supposed to be. They were relentless in their pursuit of this, to get victims' satisfaction. Well, subsequent to that, different organizations, including USA Gymnastics, didn't really support this. They lied. They tried to cover. The women then went, uh, excuse me, everything went then to the court cases. Everything went went to court cases, it went to the justice system, and the women, while they got, while they got a settlement, realized, wait a second, our only opportunity for justice here was to go and be, number one, be very, very vocal on what they were doing, and number two, trust the justice system, including the FBI. Well, guess what? didn't really work out that way. In fact, didn't really work out that way even a little bit. It worked out to where these women, including Simone Biles, Allie Ra- Raisman, and others, hundred and all, got no satisfaction from the FBI, got no satisfaction from the justice system, felt, system, felt like they were not protected, so now they're asking for a billion dollars from the FBI. And you know what? I don't blame them. I don't blame them one bit. One thing I have learned, and I think you all have learned, and I think if anybody's listened to my show for any length of time, you understand when I say, look, there's always a backstory. I don't care what story it is. There's always a backstory." And the easiest thing to do is to say, hey, these women are after money. And I call BS on that. I've had a lot of people, as I've watched Twitter, say, well, you know, ladies, how much is enough? You know how much is enough? Never enough. In my opinion, when you read what these women went through, when you read of the abuses, when you read of the cover-ups, when you read of the lack of satisfaction from our own judicial system, from our own law enforcement organizations, the Department of Justice, the FBI, it's horrible. It is absolutely horrible. So while I don't condone Simone Biles and what she did in the Olympics by walking out, Hey, I don't even care about that. This is much bigger. This is much bigger. Uh, Simone Biles and Allie Raisman and the rest of these ladies want to hold the FBI accountable. Maggie Nichols, a national champion gymnast at Oklahoma, says it's time for the FBI to be held accountable. The FBI has six months to respond to this. There are over 90 clients. Um, We shall see what happens. What they say is this, if the FBI had simply done its job, Nasser would have been stopped before he ever had a chance to abuse hundreds of girls, including me, said Samantha Roy, a former Michigan gymnast. Man, this started in 2015. And you know what I admire about these women? It ain't going away. It ain't going away. I'm especially sorry that there were people at the FBI who had their own chance to stop this monster back in 2015, and they failed, and that's unexcusable. She recalled uh, Jenna Maroney, uh, not Jenna Maroney, Kayla Maroney, said that she recalled dead silence when she talked to FBI agents about NASA. Now, my problem is, is, why do we defend this guy? I live by the mirror, man. I've done some jacked up things, and the mirror sometimes doesn't look very good. But if you've got a monster and you've got all these women coming to you, how do you just simply ignore it? Particularly when your job is to protect. Particularly when you are sworn to protect. I'll never understand it. I'll never understand it. But you know what? It is what it is. Director Wei admitted the FBI completely failed in their duties to protect these survivors. He essentially closed the door to a court fight. A settlement makes legal sense, but it also makes good moral sense. We'll see what happens. Michigan State University, which was also accused of mischances over years to stop Nassar, agreed to pay $500 million to more than 300 women and girls who were assaulted by him. USA Gymnastics uh, and U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee made a $380 million payment. I don't care how much these women get. Just keep going for it, man. Just keep doing it. Hell yes. But I'm telling you, this all goes back to a chicken blank media at Michigan State in East Lansing because these women, not one student athlete, felt like over years they could approach anybody that was a writer that was on the Michigan State beat. And look, everybody can talk about and rip me. But look, not one of us at Indiana would have ever gone to Bob Hamill, who was the main writer in Bloomington, or anybody in Bloomington. They were in pocket with Knight. They were in pocket with the university. We all knew that. We were smart enough to know that. I didn't get abused, but I'm just making the analogy. Ridiculous. Uh, Celtics-Warriors last night. Celtics, there are just some games you are not winning say it all the time. You go on the road, you're playing a game, and you're just not winning that game last night if you are the Warriors. You're not. I'm sorry. Three guys over 25. You had Brown with 27. You had Tatum with 26. You had Smart with 24. You ain't winning the game last night. This is just the way the world works of basketball. I'm not sure how it works in football, I'm not sure how it works in baseball, I'm not sure how it works in hockey, but I know this, in basketball there are just some games you show up at and the other team is rocking and rolling and you ain't winning. You ain't winning. I'm sorry, you're not. I mentioned the scoring, Grant Williams went up against Draymond Green, Draymond Green completely capped the bed. he didn't do nothing, he did a lot of talking. But, hey, look, he's in the finals. That'll cover him. But I think he had two points. What do you have, two points, three rebounds? I mean, he had two more points than me. He had two points, four rebounds, three assists. I had no points, so I guess, I guess he decided, oh, I don't know. He's got two more points than I did. But let's be totally honest. He was awful. But again, 116 to 110, I'm just telling you, you looked at that game last night, you watch the first half and you're like, man, I started watching the offer on, uh, on Paramount. Great show, by the way, I'm not talking about a good show. I'm talking about a great show because there are just some games you're not winning once in a while. You get a game like that and you end up hitting a bunch of threes and you end up beating a team on the road like that once in a great while. But 90% of the time, that game's over. Now, here's what you got to do, obviously, if you're the Warriors. And I would bet this. I would bet on the Warriors in the next game. Just seems to be how this series is going. And as Damon Bruce said yesterday, the Celtics are schizophrenic at home, completely, totally out of their minds at home. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's happened. But when I watched that game last night, I got two words for you Child, please. It just wasn't happening, it wasn't going to happen. I don't care how you dialed it up. You got the two greatest shooters in the world. Clay Thompson started making some shots. Steph Curry's still great. Draymond Green pulled a no-show. Robert Williams was fantastic in and around the rim. Let me give you a statistic. Here's a statistic for you. 52-26. to 26, The Boston Celtics doubled up the Warriors in the paint. Points in the paint. One at 52, one at 26. Oh yeah, side note, Pacer fans and Pacer Media keep telling me how Miles Turner should at six foot eleven or seven feet, 250 pounds with great touch. Keep telling me how he should stand in the left corner at the three-point line because you know he can make threes. <clears throat> I should run all thought. <laughs> I should run all thought in every sport. Hey, do you have a thought? You got to run it by dockage. My wife has learned. <clears throat> she runs all fashion statements by me. You like these shoes? What shoes go better? Those. You're right. What do you think about this dress? uh uh. Nope. That one. Tries not. You're right. I can do a couple of things. I can tell you everything in sports that you need to know. And I'm not talking about like you get. Yeah, I don't know. I saw some lady today on ESPN talking about, well, you know, Tampa Bay had an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, shut up. Tom Brady didn't know if he was coming back. He was an emotional roller coaster. Shut up. I mean, I can tell you it was real in sports. I can tell you ladies' fashion. And I can tell you who the hell has a toupee from 3,000 yards out. I can spot a toupee from here to Bristol, Connecticut, Carl Ravage. <laughs> Oh, I love doing this show. That's right. I got hammer time coming up. Yeah, Jack Del Rio, don't apologize for nothing, man. Who are you apologizing to? You can't apologize to small-minded people. Let me go back to that. Oh man, the players are mad because you said you should look at nine. Or, uh, you should look at the the riots. Well, according to me, in Indianapolis, you damn right you should look at the riots. Don't give in to idiots. Don't give in to people that might think you're right. Stop it. Stop it. They should absolutely look into riots, Del Rio. They should also look into if there is insurrection. Fine. Do them both. I got no problem. All right, it's Hammer time, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, smartest man in the world. Jason Hammer is going to join us from WIBC right here in Indianapolis. You do not want to miss this. Go right now. Tell your friends. Retweet the show. Let's go, YouTube chat. Make yourself useful. I give you good entertainment every day. Make yourself useful. We'll be back with Hammer time. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Do, 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 do. It's hammer time! Go hammer, go hammer, go hammer! All right, Jason Hammer at Jason Allen Hammer. Great listen, WIBC.com right here in Indianapolis, ninety-three point one. Just go to wherever you stream, whatever it is that you stream. All right, HT, I got to read you something. Last night, Jolton Joe Biden was on Kimmel. I didn't watch it, but I saw the the clip. Of this bumbling stumbling well you know he was bitching about the media if you can believe it but Michael Spencer says are you sure this wasn't a skit I mean the guy playing a bumbling old fool as president was way overacting nobody would believe somebody like that would ever be the leader of the free world I'm telling you HT his wife his doctors got to protect this man he cannot be allowed out in public baby
1: He almost took dive number two on the stairs of Air Force One flying out to go do the interview with Jimmy Kimmel. And, yes, I said the word again. He almost fell again because we've all seen that one first awful experience where the stairs got him one, two, three different times. This time he catches himself, but there was still a little bit of a stumble there. So we've kind of reached this point in our society right now. Where you look at the two biggest antagonists of our president. It's not Putin. It's not President G. It's the teleprompter and the stairs.
0: You know, I feel bad because I'm, I'm headed towards that. I'm headed towards dementia. I am. But when you are, I don't know, when you're the president and you're totally incapable of putting together a sentence, I don't feel bad I don't I don't feel bad about you know n- number one I guess making fun and number
1: two can somebody help this man can somebody anybody yeah Dr Jill needs to come in right now and throw the towel uh we saw a late towel throw in Rocky 4 and it didn't work out real well somebody needs to throw the damn towel right now but I'm with you I don't feel bad because listen. This guy is being put out there. His wife is putting him out there. His inner circle is putting him out there. And even when he was in his right mind, Joe Biden was not a good guy. Joe Biden has always been one of these fake tough guys. Think back to just a couple of years ago. This tells you how far he's fallen uh, from the mental cycle in just a couple of years. We're just two years removed from him challenging people to push up contests out on the campaign trail threatening to take Donald Trump behind the schoolhouse and whip his ass and beat the hell out of him, calling a voter fat. This guy's never been a good guy. He's always been a fake tough guy. You can look back at the corn pop story as as proof of that, but now he's losing a little zip on his fastball, and I'm supposed to feel bad for him. Think about all the things that were said about Donald Trump, right? Now, some of it was warranted. I'm not going to lie. Some of it was warranted. But you're going to give this guy a pass just because he's old? No, shame on Jill Biden, shame on his inner circle. But if you're asking me if I feel bad for the, the rotten bastard, no, he's always been horrible. I agree with that. He's always been
0: horrible and he's always been a bit of a racist. I mean, I you know, and I don't know if y'all can be a bit of a racist. All right, what are you making right. a prime time that you know, I'm a little bit pregnant, I'm a little bit bald, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> Hey, hey, HT, we got primetime January 6th insurrection
1: hearings. Your thoughts? Coach, you couldn't get me to watch this thing tonight if Kate Upton popped out of my TV only wearing dental floss and a Dorito and passing out $100 bills. Nobody outside of Washington, D.C. and the people that just wake up every day hating Donald Trump, nobody gives a damn about this right now. Of all the things you could have a prime time congressional hearing on gas prices, gun safety, uh, what's going on with the economy, border, pick a topic. I guarantee you, coach, I could go to the place of employment of all of your viewers right now, just walk into their office and say, list five things you would like to see addressed in prime time by your local lawmakers. I don't think that January 6th, comes anywhere near the top five. And the fact that they hired a producer, an ABC News producer to put this thing on, tells you that the information itself isn't enough to captivate America. This is gonna be a big nothing burger. If you're expecting a smoking gun to tie Donald Trump to organizing this whole thing, as this big pre-planned event, you're gonna be disappointed. If that's what you're waiting for, you're going to get Geraldo Rivera opening up Al Capone's vaults tonight. Now, the questions that I want to have answered are what happened to all of these pipe bombs that were allegedly set to go off? Why did Kamala Harris lie about her location? Why did the FBI uh, go so long and have such little to give us? They keep telling us this is the biggest FBI investigation in the history of ever. Okay, what do you have the show for? If you have to hire a producer to make it good television, you've got nothing. And most of the people in this country understand that what happened in the summer of 2020, the summer of love, in pretty much every major city in this country is just as bad, if not worse, than what took place on January 6th. But because it happened in their neighborhood, because this happened with Washington lawmakers directly involved They're going to make this the worst thing that's ever happened. I saw people being murdered in my city that summer. I saw businesses broken into. And to this very day, and this is a fact, of all the people that were inside of the Capitol, Alec Baldwin has still killed more people than those people on January 6th.
0: You know, I talked about that earlier. I I, I talked about it. I got no problem uh, investigating both. I don't, I am no, Hey, look, if somebody tried to overthrow the government, put their ass in jail, but do it honestly, right. you know, and, and, and I don't, I don't know why we can't, I, I talked about Indianapolis, you know, I, I don't know other cities, but I do know this in Indianapolis. Cause I went down there, helped clean up after we're still, we're trying to fake them in Indianapolis. You know what I mean? Like you walk on Washington street between Meridian, uh, and Illinois, and you look on the right, there used to be a great barbecue place, Sugar Fire, whatever the hell it was called. Now, we're trying to trick you with boards that are painted so you think there's a business there. We haven't come back, and I'm cool with investigating both. Hey, if somebody did uh, try to overthrow the government, throw their ass in jail. If somebody did burn burn a business down in downtown
1: India or L.A. or New York, put their ass in jail. It ain't that hard to me. I'm with you. I agree 100%. But would you also say that the media coverage of what we're going to see tonight is just a little bit overblown compared to some of the real problems we're having in this country? Nobody, and again, I feel pretty confident saying this, nobody is going to be sitting around their TV around 8 o'clock tonight, 9 o'clock tonight going, Hot damn, I can't wait till Adam Kenzinger comes up. Boy, I can't wait till Adam Schiff comes up or any other Adam that's never satisfied a woman. Nobody gives a damn about this (laughs) right now when people are having a hard time finding baby formula and filling up their gas tanks. But this is all the left has. They are infatuated with January 6th. They love January 6th. I remember when people told me that January 6th was worse then 9-11, that was actually said on MSNBC, this is what they have tonight. It's all they have to create a distraction from the hell that's breaking loose and literally every other aspect of the Biden administration.
0: Our friend the cash man thinks the dental floss of Kate Upton would be a very, very valuable item on ebay and i really i gotta i gotta agree hey we'll see i mean you know what we'll we'll see what happens i i look i i'm for common sense and common sense tells me my city has not come back this nation is a mess but i'm also telling you and others and you know this i'm not telling you but I hear people say, well, it's going to be a route at the midterms. I'm telling you, man, all, why all of a sudden is so much stuff going on as we get closer to the midterms? Why all of a sudden? I know why all of a sudden. This is a plan. This, these folks are devious, man. These folks, they don't care about anything other than getting reelected. Matthew McConaughey actually said it in his address. You can't just be about getting reelected. That's all these folks are about, keeping their power, my opinion.
1: And think about the general election, right? This is just a midterm year. Every year in the general election, which more people tend to pay attention to, you have the October surprise, where there's always some big damning piece of information that comes out against somebody's opponent. It happens every single year. Go back to this past election cycle. It was the Hunter Biden laptop story. Now, ultimately, that was suppressed by the New York Post. And the social. I'm sorry, it was suppressed by social media. The article from the new york post but the story was there this year i think the democrats know they're on pace to have their ass completely handed to them so they're going to have to do a number of surprises it can't just be an october surprise there's got to be a june a july in august it's got to be one surprise coming at you left and right and that all starts with this little nickel and dime pony show that you're going to see tonight You know, the New York
0: Times didn't cover very hard, very much at all. In fact, they've covered a lot of things, including what's going to happen tonight on television. There is a guy that got out of his car with a gun at the house of Judge Kavanaugh and admitted that he wanted to, quote, give his life purpose by killing a sitting Supreme Court judge, Hammer Time. What the hell are we doing here?
1: I wish Brett Kavanaugh would have shot him. Could you imagine the liberal heads spinning around if Brett Kavanaugh walks up there in his bathrobe and he's got a beer in his hand and a shotgun in the other one and he unloads on this piece of crap? I would have absolutely loved it and applauded him for it. He would have had every right to do it. The fact that this story hasn't been talked about is staggering to me. This is a Supreme Court justice who had, in essence, an assassination attempt on his life Because somebody leaked a document inside the Supreme Court. How do we not know who the leaker is yet? Why do we not know these things? How come we don't have a list for Ghislaine Maxwell and Epstein? Why do we not know who the leaker is? And again, we're going to have primetime coverage of this show tonight about January 6th. I'm not saying that January 6th, you know, was a... Good day. Don't get it twisted. Anybody that broke into the Capitol, stole something, I hope you get prosecuted to the full extent of the law. I'm not going to cry about it. But look at what's happening in real life. Most of America knows what's real life. and An assassination attempt on a Supreme Court justice that's barely being covered, people are going to remember that. Voters are starting to catch on. The public is not as stupid as the Democratic Party wants them to believe. These are things that voters are going to remember. And again, uh, I'm glad that these justices now have round-the-clock security, but this is a dangerous, dangerous time. Because let's say this lunatic is a suicide bomber, and he gets close to the house, and he blows himself up before he gets shot and killed. Hell starts breaking loose. Maybe something happens to Judge Kavanaugh. Well, he gets what he wants. Joe Biden then has to replace Justice Kavanaugh. You've got a guy losing his life. His family is going to be just in tatters for years because of all this, because of politics. It's disgusting. And the fact that some of these news networks are treating this the exact same as Jack Del Rio talking about the hearing tonight is gross. That is. I mean,
0: the New York Times, the Washington Post, they got Del Rio, man with a weapon arrested near Brett Kavanaugh's house. He allegedly made threats. And then commander's coordinator, Del Rio, says the January 6th is a dust-up. They're literally in the same space. I don't get it. I, I Maybe you and I are just crazy. Maybe we... I don't know. But to me, are you insane? I mean, a guy pulling up on the house of a Supreme Court justice? Why? Two reasons. One, idiots put the guy's uh, address out there, which some idiot just did to me on Twitter. And two, uh, you have a leaked Roe versus Wade. Uh, and three, we glorify uh, murderers. We're, we, You know, the guy says, well, I was going to Kill the justice, give my life meaning, then kill myself, and then he would become a guy. We're weird. We're, we're so weird. And I, Thank God for you and me. Let me just put it that way.
1: Thank God. Flip that story around, you. Coach. Flip that story around. If that were a red MAGA oh. hat-wearing Trump supporter that was stalking Kentonji Brown Jackson. Now, she's not even on the court yet or go back a number of years, if this were some Donald Trump diehard MAGA hat wearing person that was outside of another liberal justice's home, do you think this would be the same level as Jack oh. Del Rio? My ass, oh, as Dan Dockich once said. I,
0: I, yes. Dan Dockich does say that, and that is the exact usage of it right there. My ass. I And I. I just don't get it. I just don't get why our media can't just report honestly and equally. I just don't get it. I feel they like never every have. Thursday I talk. They to- never have, coach.
1: They, they never, never have. have. All right, and, with social media, and with I'm social so- media, we see it more now. We do. We see it more now with social media. But it's always been crooked. George Stephanopoulos, that little butt sniffer over at over at ABC, has always been crooked. But we now have social media where we can take sound bites and actually spread it and see it more.
0: I was sitting in Bob Knight's office, in our office downstairs, kind of our locker room, and this is way back. And I don't know why or how, but he was talking to former President Gerald Ford. I got to look at when this was. I got to look at when Gerald Ford died. But I remember Gerald Ford saying to Coach Knight as Coach Knight was bitching about something, Something that came on uh, television about him, you know, it's about 30, 40 years ago, so I'm not even, you know, I, you know I, my, my, my days go nuts. But I, I sit there and I can remember the conversation being, if you think what is written in the sports section is awful, imagine what is written on the front pages. But I think this, and I'm curious your thought. I think Donald Trump, whatever he did, good or bad, you can debate. I get it, all that. But the one thing he did, he brought it all out to the forefront. It became clearly defined under Donald Trump. And you know what else, Hammer? It became okay in our public view because of Trump, social media, everybody having an opinion— It became okay for news organizations to be full of crap and biased under Trump or
1: after Trump or during Trump. Donald Trump drove the media crazy because he didn't need them. He was the first president that did not need the media because his social media was his media. He had more followers than CNN, MSNBC, ABC, you name it. And he tweeted all the time. And it was out on Facebook all the time. His tweets became news stories. Think about that. I mean, anybody else trolls somebody on social media, calls a porn star horse face, or makes fun of a reporter's facelift, it's just somebody being a troll on Twitter. Donald Trump did that. And again, you can condone it or you can not condone it, but it happened. He does this, and it's the lead news story. And whenever he wanted to get information out there, or even talk to world leaders. He didn't go to the news networks. He went to his Twitter. He spoke directly to Kim Jong-un and President Xi and Vladimir Putin with his tweets. The fact that the news media knew they couldn't do anything to stop this guy meant they had to go the other direction and do everything they could to bash the guy.
0: I agree. Uh, hammer time. I feel like every Thursday when we speak, we talk about San Francisco, whether it's we're only going to help transgender homeless or this time we've got the district attorney. What's going on
1: here? Listen, this is actually an encouraging story from San Francisco. Um, imagine being so woke as a district attorney that the people of San Francisco have said enough is enough because that's exactly what happened the other night. The city I live in, the city you live in coach, Indianapolis, we have a prosecutor in the city that wants Indianapolis to be a place like Seattle where Chaz was running wild. Letting these habitual felons out on sweetheart deal after sweetheart deal. Well, in San Francisco that was happening and they finally said enough is enough. They voted to recall by a 60% margin The super progressive, super woke district attorney. And the best part about this, the cherry on top of the sundae, is that Mr. Woke Pants here, your soon-to-be former district attorney, blamed Republicans for it. Let me tell you something. If the five people that are actually Republicans, and that's maybe being generous in San Francisco, were able to pull this off, that's a miracle. There's a better chance of Mike Pence walking in a pride march than finding a Republican in San Francisco. He was voted out by his own party. It was Democrats that voted this guy out. It wasn't Republicans because there aren't any in San Francisco. And I'm hopeful and optimistic that this message is going to reverberate throughout the country. We're already hearing now that Los Angeles, they're probably next up to have a recall with their woke district attorney that refuses to put habitual bad guys in jail. I would love to see in Indianapolis, which is a very blue, dark blue city in a red state, uh, when they go to the polls in November, make that same decision. You've got options. You can still vote Democrat, but be tired of bullcrap. I do think there's a lot of Democrats who feel that way. Not every Democrat is a radical. Not every Democrat is a defund the police, let's just put some detention bracelets on bad guy Democrat. No, I think the adults in the room are starting to realize when you just start listening to the squad members, and you start looking at social media, bad things happen because it's not real life.
0: Yeah, you know, I I always say this, and I think you say this too, real life... You know, in real life, people are pretty empathetic to one another. In real life, people don't want to be afraid. People, I think everybody, if you put them out there and said, all right, we're going to take violent criminals, slap an ankle bracelet on them and let them out. I think 99.9% of people that have a brain would say, yeah, I don't want that. I'm talking about violent right. criminals. I mean, we've seen it in Indianapolis. I, I, I You know, I always... I always say this, and I think you do too, which is why I like talking to you. We're not married to one side. I'm not married to a conservative side. I'm not married to a Republican side. Both sides have good ideas. I say it every day on this show. Just think for yourself. And if you think the idea of letting violent criminals out is a good idea, then God bless you. But I don't think most people do. I think that's just common sense.
1: You could get 10 people that voted for Joe Biden... 10 people that vote for Donald Trump, get him in the room. And I think you would find a consensus of saying, do you think somebody that has had 20 felonies should be locked behind bars? Most people would say yes. And I use that example because here in Indianapolis, a guy with 23 plus felonies was out on the street and fired a shot this past week. uh, There was a guy that only spent eight days in jail, eight days. After an assault at his place of employment, grand theft auto, and reckless driving, eight days, 30 days later, he murders somebody. These are the stories that are happening all over this country when you have woke, Soros-funded, if you want to call them that, uh, prosecutors and DAs. And I think even Democrats are saying, you know what, we can disagree on policy. We can have conversations about bail reform and prison reform but habitual bad guys need to be locked up.
0: I, I would, yeah, I mean, everybody's got a story, right? I mean, I, I was I was having a beer with a guy was sitting there over here, and he's like, yeah, I'm a Democrat, but I mean, we're insane, and I'm getting a gun, you know? I mean, <laughs> I mean you know, I, I, whatever. I, I talked about this earlier, and I am all for this. I, I hope they get a billion. I hope they get whatever, but USA Gymnastics... Uh, the gymnasts are suing the FBI over Nasser. I hope the gymnasts get a billion plus. I hope they get
1: whatever they can get. That's the way I look at it. I think the headline has kind of been buried a little bit here. Because when you see this story in papers all over the country, the first couple words are gymnasts file lawsuit or something similar to that. And you just automatically assume they must be suing the estate of Larry Nasser the pervert doctor that was molesting these gymnasts and young girls. But they're suing the FBI. And that really is the story because the FBI completely boxed this. And hat tip to the Indianapolis Star, who again, I don't agree with pretty much anything they say politically, but they did a fantastic investigation about how this really went down without their work. I don't know we get to this point Uh, But the local authorities told the FBI, hey, we've got this going on. You need to let uh, Michigan know, the authorities in Michigan know, everybody at the university know about Larry Nassar. And the FBI didn't do anything. The FBI sat on their ass. Now, I've got friends who are local FBI agents, and I hate the fact that they're lumped in the category of what happens at the top of the food chain. Uh, But the FBI has been on the struggle bus for a number of years whether you look at some of the stuff that went on uh, under the Donald Trump administration, we're going to find out tonight what the FBI allegedly knew what they didn't know, what happened to some of these reports of pipe bombs and where was Kamala Harris? None of this stuff is going to make the FBI look good. And this story about Larry Nassar is gross. It's disgusting. I have a feeling that this kind of stuff probably happens a lot more than we even know about all over the country. And for a federal agent to have this information and not do anything on it is so disgusting as a parent. It would be hard not to track down these agents and have a little confrontation. I mean, I know I would. I don't have a daughter, but if my daughter was a victim of Larry Nassar and I found out the authorities didn't do anything about it, somebody would better have to have some bail money ready for me.
0: I'm telling you, you know, one of the things that I talked about in this, I'm curious your thought, like when I was at Indiana, like it, let's just say I never did. I never was abused or anything like that. But if I was, I'll tell you what I'm not doing. And I'm not going to Bob Hamill and the boys at the Indiana, or, you know, I'm not going to the media that covers IU and Bob Knight. And that's where I think for a couple of reasons, one, um, the USA Gymnastics located in Indianapolis, so somebody reached out to Maria Kwiatkowski with the Indianapolis Star, and she, Tim Evans, and Mark Alicia did an unbelievable job. Uh, but it's a bit of an indictment on what was going on in East Lansing with their media being in pocket with Michigan State because, by all accounts, Nasser had been doing this for a long time in East Lansing, and uh, for whatever the reason... The young ladies didn't you know, didn't go to the local media. I think that's an indictment of East of, of the of the media in East Lansing. That's how I look at. It. I could be dead wrong, but that's how I look at it.
1: East Lansing's got some blame. The FBI should absolutely have some blame. Uh, the whole no story question. is gross no and disgusting.
0: Yeah, I agree. No, it is. It's just it's and and I'm all for these young ladies saying, "Screw you, we're going after you." I'm all for it. I I am. Get what, you know, and this isn't a money grab. This is just, you know, justice for people that have been absolutely vilified. Hammer, you're the best, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. That's my friend, at Jason Allen Hammer on Twitter, at Hammer and Nigel as well. That's the show, 3 o'clock till 7 o'clock. It's a great show. I mean, I listen to it every day. I leave my office around 3, come back from, from downtown. And I turn them on and I laugh. Uh, I get informed. Uh, They're fantastic. They are. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, the damn awards every every Thursday, I give you the Don't At Me Awards for the week, including Dumbass of the Week. No, it isn't me. Could be. We'll be right back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. You know, I'm a little biased. I am. I'm biased. I watch these shows all the time. And I got to tell you, I think our show might be the best one out there. I am. I mean, we keep it cool. We keep it light. We keep it fun. We get, We keep it fresh. We get after things that needed to be gotten after, and I like it. We got the damn awards. Don't At Me. Awards. You ready? There she is in all her glory. The one who sold her breasts and herself on the internet years ago to go to the Bears' Indianapolis Super Bowl. There she is, Sarah Spain, the Dumbass of the Week award. Sarah Spain, remember, when you disagree with our most diverse, When you disagree with our most tolerant, when you disagree with our most inclusive, you know what our most inclusive does? They call you names. And this complete idiot who I've known forever, I'll never forget going to the Bears 30 for 30. And it was a special premiere. She was there and she, you know, everybody's actually dressing like a human being. She just showed up looking, I don't even know. Well, you can't talk about someone's look. No, you can When everybody has enough sense to dress for an occasion and one idiot does. not Well, I hate this. I hate giving this fool, uh, this intolerant boob, no pun intended, more, I don't know, attention. Her show is awful. You don't even know where she has a show. She is completely out of her freaking mind and she's just horrible. But she is the dumbass of the week award. A couple guys, maybe five on the, what was it, the Tampa Bay Rays said, look, I'm not putting a pride sticker on my uniform, on my purse, citing religious reasons. This genius, of course, said, well, that's all crap. You're hiding behind religious reasons. And you are, quote, a bigot for doing that. We throw that word around, particularly white men and white women. They throw that word around. They don't know their ass from third base. Bigot, racist, that's all white people want to do. I mean, she thinks she's getting over and she thinks she's becoming something. I'll give ESPN credit. ESPN uh, basically removed the video of her dumb ass saying that out around the horn. They basically made it impossible for you to find. Now, I know how this works at ESPN. They, first off, if it were me, they would probably take me off stuff. But since it's a woman who is on their side, their side being a woke, ridiculous side, they probably said, hey, look, be careful. And they had a couple PR guys said, we're just not going to talk about this. This will go away. And it will. But then she'll say something else completely dumbass. She's not even interesting dumbass. Like, I'm at least interesting dumbass. People, when something happens with the culture, or when something happens with Indiana basketball at Purdue, uh, our ratings skyrocket because everybody else in Indianapolis is in pocket. And I tell you what the hell the deal is. She's not even interesting dumbass. She's just dumbass. She is. And she gets the dumbass of the week award just because somebody decides, hey, look, I'm not going to wear this. I'm not comfortable wearing this. They actually don't even have to give an answer. They actually don't even have to give a reason. Hey, man, you want to wear a gay pride thing on your shirt? No. Why? Don't have to tell you. But they were good enough. And the guys that didn't wear it were very, very articulate in their reasons. We're not looking down on anybody. We just don't feel comfortable. And everybody has the right to do that. Everybody does. And I get it. Dumbasses like this have the right to do that as well. So there you go. They gave her a spot on the radio to cover their little diversity and ESPN's record of not being great to women. So they gave her a spot, the worst spot. Nobody listens at night to talk radio, 7 o'clock to whatever. So they gave her a spot. She gives you nothing interesting. She has the job for one reason, and she's an idiot. So there you go. Uh, the don't at me award goes to me. Don't at me. Don't at me about any of my takes. Don't, I don't want to hear from you about my takes from certain individuals. There are certain dudes who have Twitter accounts just designed to come at me. I love it. Keep them coming. But don't at me, people. And if you do at me, be at least interesting. No, I am not Sarah Spain. I, no, I'm trying. I got a bad back right now from sitting in this chair, so don't at me. And I got a big golf outing this afternoon. But don't at me, people. It's my own award, and I'm giving it to me. If you want to at me, at least do me a favor. Make some common sense out of it. I got a guy that literally his entire and I'll give him some. I'll give him some love here. All right. There are two guys. There's a guy Larry Cowan. Every single tweet is about me. He's got like two followers. Two. It calls me double dumbass. <laughs> I mean, I, I I I don't know what to tell you. But he and a guy named Rex Hampton. These, I don't even know if this is their real names. Who the hell knows? But don't at me, people. These guys come at me. I mean, this thing here, this guy's got 19 followers. First tweet, dockets, 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 dockets. I mean, it's insane. Don't at me, people. What? What'd I do? Oh, my dog pooped in the house. You guys like dogs. I just learned my dog poop. Don't at me about my dog pooping in the house. I hate... I, I don't hate dogs, but okay. But don't at me about this. But I'm not the biggest dog guy. Why? My dog never poops in the house. My dog's been very good about it. My wife, the lovely Lee Ross Dockage, um, she has trained this dog, and now it poops in the house. Don't at me about it. Uh, How dumb can you be award? How dumb can you be? Well, uh, Baker Mayfield gets that award. Baker Mayfield's going to make about $18 million, whether or not, yuck, whether or not he plays football or doesn't. So maybe he's not that dumb, but I look at the world differently. I look at the world like this. When I'm his age, I wanna play. Yeah, money's great. Yeah, you're set for life. Yeah, it's generational. I wanna play. Like, he's a Heisman Trophy winner forever. He's got a statue in Oklahoma forever. I wanna play. So why is he a dumbass? Well, he's a dumbass, Because, God, just show up. Well, what if he gets hurt? Well, I don't know. What if he gets hit by a bus? I don't know. You just show up. You just do. Look, Deshaun Watson just, its thing just keeps getting bigger. How dumb can you be not showing up? Now, look, the other day, both he and the Cleveland Browns decided It's in everyone's best interest to not have Baker Mayfield at camp. Why? How is it in either's interest? Watson, at least according to this dome, which I'm telling you, yeah, okay, I get one or two things where a coach might go. Jeff Brown to Louisville. He'll end up there, by the way. But anyway, I may get a coaching hire wrong, but I don't get this kind of stuff wrong. Explain this to me. If I'm Baker Mayfield and I just want to sit, I don't know, on all my millions, then fine. But what are you going to do? You can play golf, run around like Johnny Manziel. Hell, I saw Johnny Manziel in the locker room of the Butler National Country Club bragging about how he broke all his clubs on the 17th hole. is that great? But if you're Baker Mayfield, don't you want to prove to people, don't you want to prove to folks that, hey, look, I got all these commercials, I got all this hype, I'm a Heisman Trophy winner, I'm going to be a winning quarterback in the NFL. This is your opportunity. If you sit out a year or two, it ain't going to happen. And people say, well, his long-term future is not with the Browns. Of course it's not with the Browns. But his long-term future is in the NFL, I think, because I'm not really sure that he's going to be on TV telling us all what to do. So his long-term future could get jump-started by, guess what, playing for the Browns while Deshaun Watson is injured. And how is this not good for the Browns? This is where I don't get the world of sports that we live in. I got Baker Mayfield, talented guy. I signed Jacoby Brissett, okay guy. I've got Deshaun Watson, may not play. Why isn't it good to have three really good quarterbacks? You want to cut him, cut him. But at least for the love of all things, holy, get the guy in the camp. Make him earn his money. But that ain't the way the NFL works, man. I'm telling you right now, the world is starting to shift. Like, the world is starting to shift where people like me or people like you can actually have an opinion and we're not going to get crushed for it. If we get crushed for it, at least in my world right now, I just go, yeah, okay, great, whatever you want, man. I don't care. So Baker Mayfield, okay, he can go into camp. Wait, let me back up. The NFL has to, at some point, I'm telling you, the NBA may never, but the NFL has to, at some point, Take their teams back. Stop kissing the ass of players. Stop worrying about the feelings of the quarterback and make a guy compete, particularly one that has 24 civil cases going, and you got a starting quarterback right here. It is stupid on all sides, but it's dumber for Mayfield. You can look at it from a financial step standpoint, or you can say he's going to get cut anyway, and maybe he is. But if I'm Mayfield, I got to at least fight. I got to at least fight. I do. I got to fight. I got to fight for my career. I got to fight to get on the court. Uh, Steve Kerr got his ass beat last night, and I don't like when the Golden State Warriors get beat, but it doesn't bother me when Steve Kerr gets beat. But can Steve Kerr just stop with that right there, the chin strap? Can he just stop? with the mask around his neck when he talks to players? Can he just stop? Like, there isn't a media outlet in the world that's going to criticize him, other than OutKick, other than My Show or Clay Show or OutKick360 or Tommy Lauren. I mean, we're the only ones, or maybe the Blades. We're the only ones are going to criticize this. But what is this? What, what is this? You know, it, it, maybe it's a good luck charm. But you're not going to see one media person ever question the great Steve Kerr. What the hell's so great about him? Oh, well, you know, he says we need gun reform. Everybody says that. Well, he, he, he stands up for it. Everybody does. He called out lawmakers, yeah, without knowing what's in the bill. He wore a shirt. Yeah, Rob, go fight and win. He's fighting to slow down COVID. Why, how? When he's talking to players, pulling his mask down? By wearing a mask in a press conference, that's about, well, if you've ever been to a press conference, it's not like the media is right here where the camera is. The media is where the wall is. I mean, honest to God, can you just stop? That's my only question. Can you just stop with all of the nonsense? But the answer is, of course, no. The answer is no. I mean, hell no. I mean, hey, all right, if the answer's no, the answer's no. But I'm just asking, and it is an award. Can you just stop? That's all I'm saying. Next award, and I'm going to get into the LIV and the PGA Tour here in a minute. Uh, Tonight... Coverage of the January 6th hearings, which has all of my friends losing their mind. All my friends that are liberals losing their mind. This is going to be the biggest thing since Watergate. As you heard Hammer say, this is bigger, God dang it. This is bigger than 9-11. Yeah, really? How many people got killed in 9-11? Any? Yeah, thousands. What happened here? Bunch of idiots in Vikings costume ran on the Capitol. Just saying. That's what happened. All right. Well, will it have the desired results? I'm trying to find this tweet from my friend Rob Kendall. All right. Rob Kendall's tweet is this, and this is interesting. And Rob is one of these political guys in Indianapolis that goes after everyone. I mean, he crushes the Republicans. He's on a conservative station. But he crushes the governor, the high-tax Eric Holcomb. I mean, he crushes him. He just simply does what guys like me do. We just like some common effing sense. (laughs) Here's Rob. He's a good follower. At Rob M. Kendall. K-E-N-D-A-L-L. Democrats making a huge mistake putting this January 6th hearing in prime time. The average person A doesn't care. B is going to wonder why they aren't putting this much effort into fixing things that actually impact them. This will not produce the desired result. I don't know if that's true or not. I honestly don't. I'm anxious to find out. I'll tell you this, the way this world is going, I could see whoever, and it will be, ladies and gentlemen, it will be a very, very liberal media that reports this. I don't trust whatever the ratings say they are based on the organization that's putting out the ratings. Let me say this better. Whoever the hell tells you what the ratings are, they're going to tell you they're monstrous, and I don't, trust, I don't trust them if they tell me they're bad. Like, the ratings for, I believe it's the NBA playoffs, are awful. And I was looking at Sports Media Watch, and they made an interesting point. They said, look, these are very dismal ratings, but they're being spun. Better than the 2020 bubble finals. Much better. Up 90%. And then somebody else puts their down whatever. I mean, it is what it is. I guess my question would be, and maybe I should go to the YouTube chat for this, or maybe I should go, I don't know, to a Twitter poll, but are you going to watch? I am not. It is Thursday. It is light till about 10 o'clock. My son is in town. We're going to play golf till our hands bleed. We're going to play golf until literally it's dark, which will be about 10. Then we're going to grab a bite to eat, probably have a beer. At which time, by the time I get home, I'm going to look at my wife, I'm going to take a shower, and I'm going to say, hey, hopefully with her, by the way, and then I'm going to say, hey, you want to watch The Offer? Because The Offer has me hooked, baby. So I'm not going to watch these. I did watch Watergate as a kid. I am one of those guys that likes these kind of things. I'm weird that way. But let me tell you something. It is June. It is beautiful out. My son is in town. I'm playing in a golf tournament, and I ain't bothered. What are they going to tell me? I know what they're going to tell me. You're bad. Anybody Republican is bad and anybody Democrat is good and anybody that did whatever is bad and anybody did the other thing is good. (laughs) All you got to do is turn on the news. What is it? Blue bad, red good. Orange man bad. Crazy man good. I get it. Uh, Most diverse are the liberals. Good. Although they call you names. Most chicken blank are the conservatives because they sit back and take it. I know the deal. I know the deal. All right, I got to tell you, I got to get back to football. You all are going to disagree with this. But the most overrated football player that I am completely, totally, intensely tired of is not Aaron Rodgers. It's not. It's not even Brett Favre. It's Saquon Barkley. I don't know about you, but I've had all of Saquon Barkley that I could possibly have. At some point, Saquon Barkley has got to stop being in the news and start freaking playing. God dang, Saquon Barkley's healthy. I don't care. Saquon Barkley might be better this year. Are they going to trade Saquon Barkley? Let me give you his numbers. Uh, Rushed for 593 yards. Two touchdowns. I mean, year before he was hurt, rushed for 34 yards. Tired of Saquon Barkley. He was good in uh, 2018. He was good. Good for Saquon Barkley. I'm tired of Saquon Barkley. Man, I opened it up yesterday, and there it was. Saquon Barkley's healthy. He's never had anything remotely close to a playoff run. He's never been in our consciousness. Yet, honest to God, all I do is look at my phone or look at my Twitter. And Saquon Barkley, I've had enough. I just had to say it. We've all had enough Aaron Rodgers. We've uh, Brett Favre, my God. LeBron James, stop it. You know, Rod- Now, you turn on your TV, there it is, ESPN. How will the Packers look without Devontae Adams? That's Aaron Rodgers. I've had enough of Mike McCarthy. I got two words for Mike McCarthy. Win a freaking game. Maybe that's more than two words. I don't care. But you just get tired of certain people. Mike McCarthy, Seth Greenberg said it on one of my shows that I do. He goes, man, Mike McCarthy hadn't coached a game in six months, and every day he's trying to get – Or every day on our network, he's getting fired. Jeez. It is unfreaking believable. Uh, The PGA Tour has announced that it is suspending the 17 members who are uh, playing in the LIV Tour. That's cool. I don't blame you. The LIV Tour is saying, hey, y'all are vindictive, huh? Y'all are being a little bit vindictive. Well, what they're trying to do, frankly, is they are trying to protect their tour because the LIV Tour makes sense. Here is what the LIV Tour golf said about the decision of the PGA Tour to suspend the 17 players. Today's announcement by the PGA Tour is vindictive. It deepens the divide between the tour and its members. Yeah, I don't buy that. It's troubling that the tour, an organization dedicated to creating opportunities for golfers to play the game, is an entity blocking golfers for players. This certainly is not the last word on this topic. The era of free agency is beginning as we are proud to have a full field of players joining us in London and beyond. Here's the problem for the PGA Tour at least for guys that are exempt in the majors, man, does this make sense? Honest to God, it makes total sense. I said it yesterday, I'll say it today. If you have an exemption into majors, this tour makes sense. It is guaranteed money. It is guaranteed huge money. If you win, it is guaranteed generational money. I mean, $4 million to me is generational money. It may not be to you. You don't have to provide your own travel. You get to go in shortened fields, 40 players. It's a 54 hole event, so it's less. It is perfect to compete. Now, will it? Don't know. Where do you watch it on TV? I'll tell you in a little bit. But the truth of the matter is, it makes perfect sense for guys like Phil Mickelson. It makes perfect sense for a guy like Dustin Johnson. It makes perfect sense for the guys that went there. They're going to make more money. They can still play in the majors and they have guaranteed money like other sports. It is interesting as hell. Will it overtake the PGA Tour? I don't think so. Will it over will it go by the way of other sports leagues, XFL? Maybe. Maybe. But when you've got more money than you have sense behind it, when you've got people that literally count money in semi-trailer trucks, you got a chance. And they're off to a pretty good start. You know, Mickelson kind of took the bullet for everybody in this, right? Mickelson said the stuff. He took the bullet. He went away. Now he's coming back. And guys are now following because Mickelson kind of cleared the brush. And now these guys can walk through. You really haven't heard much criticism of these guys. I mean, you know, a column here, a column there. Who cares? But you really haven't heard much criticism because I got to tell you, You drive a car? Where's your oil from? Where's your gas from? I don't know, man. All I know is I don't blame either group. I don't blame the PGA Tour for being blanked off about it. And I don't blame the LIV Tour for responding the way they did to make themselves look like a victim. I don't blame players for going to the LIV Tour, and I don't blame players like Roy McIlroy being very vocal about those players leaving. I don't, and I think it's going to be, and if there hasn't already, there's going to be some uncomfortableness in locker rooms around the PGA Tour, but I bet less than you think because one of the things these guys are mostly going to say is, hey, man, pretty good move for you. I wish I could do it. You know, if you can't get into the majors and you are a golf nut, which 99% of these guys are, right? I mean, these guys are golf-crazy dudes. And you can't get into the majors, eh, that's a pretty big price to pay to go play in the LIV Tour. Now, you're asking me, why does Mickelson get in the majors? Well, I said this yesterday. The PGA is governed by the PGA of America, not the PGA Tour. The, The British Open is governed. By the R&A, the Royal and Ancient, not the PGA Tour. The Masters is governed by Augusta National, by the, Ma- by the Golf Court, not the PGA Tour. And the U.S. Open is by the USAG, USGA, not the PGA Tour. So they don't have any governance over it. So if you are eligible, if you have earned the right to play in there, like Mickelson has being a six-time winner, well, guess what? You got the best of both worlds. You can go play and make your $200 million, and you can come back for the biggies. And really, at this point, that's all. Interesting question, though, by the cash man. Would, if Tiger Woods had gone to the LIV Tour, would the PGA Tour have suspended these guys? That, my friends, is an interesting question. That is something that needs to be discussed. All right, we come back. Uh, We're just chatting. Yeah, we got a segment called Just Chatting. I'll read some tweets. If you want to get on Twitter, let me know. I'll read some tweets. We'll get into some stuff, including what the angels are trying to do. But first, you know me, man. I have to go potty. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Hey, welcome back. What other show does a host run out to go to the bathroom and do it? You get my reaction of a dog, my dog, taking a dump right on the carpet here. I'm telling you, I watch all these shows. I think this may be the greatest show ever. And I'm being serious. I am. All right, hey, we're just chatting. Just us girls sitting around having a chat. Let's have a chat. All right, hey, look, a man was arrested near Brett Kavanaugh's house after he, he uh after members of the Supreme Court's addresses were leaked. You know, I had a guy the other day, and this is dangerous. I had a guy the other day uh, on Twitter who didn't like me. He didn't like me because I posted or I said, hey, why is Taco Bell giving, uh, having drag shows for their lunches? So this guy got all mad, right? Oh, I'm a hater. I simply asked a question. I legitimately asked a question. So this guy decided that it was a good idea that he put out my address. And phone number. Now he didn't get the phone numbers right. But can you imagine what if something happens at my house? Like what if something happens? This guy and the guy says, yeah, I got Dockage's address from Twitter. Can you imagine? And of course the guy that put it out is a chicken blank guy. He said, well, I bought tickets to this show that I'm doing to tell you how much I don't like you. Hey, look, pal, I know how much you don't like me. You put my entire family in jeopardy by tweeting out my home address. So I get how much you don't like me. Like, you know, I got a family. Right now at my house, I got a wife, I got a son, I got a stepdaughter, I got a daughter that comes home, I got a stepson that comes home, I got a family. And this guy, because he didn't like the question that I asked, which was, hey, look, what was Taco Bell? I'm like Joe Biden right now. What was Taco Bell's intent on having drag brunches? Oh, you're a hater of LGBTQ. No, I'm not. I just asked questions. So this guy, I want you to know if something happens to my family, I'm going to hold this guy personally accountable. And I'm going to find him. Somebody comes to my house. I've had things mailed to my house. I've had a bag of penises mailed to my house. I had a hate mail mailed to my house numerous times. You know, I know you can find my address, but this guy right here, this guy publishing my address, I would hold personally accountable. And I hope the the, uh, police would as well. And the same thing. If I am in charge of the investigation on Kavanaugh, tell you what I'm doing, I'm going back on Twitter to every single person that posted the address of Judge Kavanaugh, and I'm arresting them. Now, I'm going to put them in cuffs, I'm going to slam their head against the top of the police car, throw their ass in the back of the police car, take them down to jail, put them in a cell, put them in a cell with some angry guys, and let them figure it out. Let him post bail. Let him get out. That's what I'm doing. You don't like it? Tough. You think that's wrong? Good. I think it's wrong that we do that. I think it's wrong that you put a guy's entire family in jeopardy by posting his address. So some guy from California, some 26-year-old from California takes a cab to his house with a backpack full of guns, sees a couple Secret Service guys out front, turns and walks down the street. Next thing you know, he's arrested. He says, yeah, I was going to kill Kavanaugh because I want meaning to my life. Well, how do you know where Kavanaugh lived? Well, I would make that person that posted Kavanaugh's address an accessory. Anything happens to my house, I would make this idiot that posted my address an accessory. You could say, well, you could find your address. Good. This guy posted it. I've had people show up. I've had asinine Michigan State fans show up at my house. At my house. There's another idiot that comes at me all the time that I would hold accountable to. His name is Kurt Correll. Come on, Dan, it doesn't take a genius to get your home address and frank, frankly, most people don't care. Yeah, it doesn't only takes one, you freaking idiot. It only takes one. Yeah, I know most people don't care. Well, most people don't care about Kavanaugh's either, but one did and he showed up with a gun. One did and sent me a bag of penises. One did, sent me a hate mail the other day. If people are going to take the time to do that, you freaking idiot, Kurt Corral, then what do you think they will also do? So if you think it doesn't matter, well, it doesn't matter to you. I've had things sent to me. I had a guy in Michigan State, an idiot Michigan State fan, show up at my daughter's work asking where we lived. I had the cops have to go out to Brownsburg, Indiana, to take after a guy that threatened my family. So some idiot named Kurt Corral, who gets his jollies by coming at me all the time on Twitter, thinks it doesn't matter. Well, it does to me. And it's asinine that we are so stupid that we do that. All because I asked why Taco Bell is having LGBT lunches. And I guarantee you this Kurt guy is such a chicken blank guy. It's probably not even his real name because that's what most chicken blank people are. But it just drives me nuts. All right, here you go. The entire Angels lineup changed their walk-up music to Nickelback to try to snap their 13 game losing streak they lost one to nothing to the Red Sox now somebody asked would i ever do that and the answer is oh hell yeah oh hell yes i would let me explain something to you there is absolutely nothing when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to superstition that I won't be a part of. Absolutely nothing. Zero. I still blame my son. I hope he hears this. We were going to win the division. Probably going to get an extension. Hadn't lost at home. I had a route. He would go with me. He's like, hey, dad, on the way. Can we pick up Tyler Dunn? No. Course. So instead of going this way to the gym, I had to go that way and then this way to the gym. We lost on a last-second shot. Hey, there is nothing I would not do. I had a sport coat. If I took it off and we got on a run, I would put it back on if we didn't. I wouldn't take a drink if things were going good, or I would. I mean, the insanity. I had to listen to two specific songs Meatloaf, Paradise by the Dashboard Light, Queen, We Will Rock You before every game. I couldn't listen to the radio on the way to every game. Because, and today I'm going to do it, because if I listen to the radio, When I'm playing, the song would get in my head. It still does. My wife will tell you, every day I wake up with a song. Every day. And it's probably one that I heard the previous night. You got these, right? You got these superstitions. We all have. Crazy. So it didn't work. I'll tell you this. It's historic in the city of Bowling Green. We were on a losing streak in 2003. I told you this before everybody on our team every person in our managerial staff anybody that came to our practice had to turn their clothes backwards that's right we were turning this around practice gear backwards this shirt this gemco would be on the back shorts backwards i came out for games we won 6 in a row i wore my my sport coat backwards I did. And Bowling Green was so stupid, they didn't have – not inside out. I brought this intentionally. This is inside out, okay? Not inside out. Backwards. The front's the back. I had a junior Falcons program, 120 kids. They all came in wearing their jerseys, right? Wearing their clothes, wearing their, you know, Indiana. They had to go to the bathroom. Backwards. That's what they had to do. We won six in a row. It saved the season. J.D. Campbell, who's now the sports information director at Indiana. How it happened was we're riding back from getting our ass kicked at Kent State. And I'm like, we got to turn this around. He goes, well, let's literally turn it around. I go, what are you talking about? Everything backwards. And then it started. Kids backwards. Right? Backwards what I'm talking about. Six in a row, Charlie Cole's legendary coach at Miami. I came out. We had won about four in a row. I came out. My my jacket was backwards. The front was the back. The back was the front. It's like a straight jacket. I walked up. He was at Bowling Green. He wore his sweater backwards. He said, I'm not letting you get that karma on me. Yeah, coaches do all kinds of crazy things. It's kind of amazing. The newspaper there, which covered it all, never even put a picture in. Morons. Absolutely. Wear your stuff back. Hey, man. Slump busters come coming a variety of ways. All right. Can you put this Velveeta thing up? Then I got one more. My friend Reggie Jones just sent me something. Look at this. Velveeta nail polish. Now, do you know what Velveeta is? Velveeta is the greatest of the cheese family. Velveeta is like government cheese, but it says Velveeta on it. Velveeta is freaking awesome. Living La Vida Loca. Velveeta cheese. See, what you got to have when you have the big slab of Velveeta cheese, your dad or mom probably had it. You got to get this cheese slicer. It's a little string with a little handle, and you can slice the Velveeta. Well, listen to this. New nail polish leaves your nails smelling like melted cheese. Now let me ask you a question. I don't know the answer to this, but can you answer this question for me? Does melted cheese smell really good? Like yesterday, Lee and I were outside and my neighbor was grilling hamburgers and they were doing it on a charcoal grill, right? And that smelled really good. Like, I wouldn't mind having, you know, i go get a pedicure. I wouldn't mind having my feet. And if one of the things was, hey, do you want the hamburger on a grill smell on your feet or on your nails? Yeah. Yeah, I do. But melted cheese, here's what's going on here. Velveeta has teamed up with Nails Inc. to produce cheese-scented nail polish. <laughs> The collection includes a two-pack of red and yellow nail polish so you can make it look like Velveeta is dripping from your fingernails. If you look closely at the picture, that's what you're supposed to see. You see the red there, and then look at the pinky finger. I think it's the pinky finger. Let's see. One, two, three. Yeah, it's the pinky finger. See how there's a little bit of red? Then there's a drop of yellow, then red, and then at the end of it is the yellow. You know what that is? That's Velveeta dripping off your fingertips. Man. They also come with stickers. So if you don't trust, you know, you or your friends doing your nails, you can get stickers. Now, the one problem is nobody's been able to determine how long the smell lasts. All right. Uh, As an added bonus, the yellow nail polish matches perfectly with the new brand new collaboration we just learned about, Wu-Tang Clan Crocs. All right. There you go. World is weird. Like I said, hey, look, there's some great smells. I can't. The other day, Lee was cooking ribs, bacon ribs actually. She had ribs going. She had put them on the grill. Now she's putting them in the oven or vice versa. I can't remember. But I got to tell you, the house when I came home smelled so good. It smelled so freaking good. I wouldn't mind that, smelling that. Dane Fife, the legendary college basketball coach, uh, sent me some cologne because he walked up to me before I get. I go, Dane, man. You smell really good. Wow. So he sent me it. Uh, Did you see this last night? Since it's just us ladies chatting, the Warriors complained about the hoop height in Boston before the NBA Finals in Game 3 turned out it was two inches too high. This actually happened to me. Stan Joplin, who was a really good coach at Toledo. So when we played at Bowling Green, we had what I called the glove. The glove was the second half rim, and it was a little bit bent, and it was bouncy. In fact, the great Bonzi Wells made a shot that bounced like seven times on the rim. But it was our second half rim, and during that time, we were setting like records. Literally, we were number one over a three- or four-year period in field goal percentage, and the glove, well, I don't know who talked, but Stan Joplin, before we played Toledo, said, hey, man, that rim is broke. And the Bowling Green custodians weren't exactly on my side, so they put a new rim, and I swear to God, that rim looked like it was going up. And Joplin was right. The rim was broke, and I wasn't fixing it. Hey, look, it's home field advantage, home court advantage. The Cubs did that back in 1984 when Larry Boa and Ron Say were the shortstop and second baseman. They grew the grass a little bit higher. Why? So the ball would slow down. You didn't have as much range, Boa, at short, and say at third. So the ball would slow down. Get to a little slower. It their range. I'm no fool. I just look stupid. I knew we had the glove. The glove won us some games. But Joplin knew. He had our own crew come out and measure. First the referees measured. And then uh, our crew came out. And they put a rim. And I swear to God. It looked like it was going that high. Because when a rim is like this. Like this. Even or lower. Like that. And then you add one that's probably right. It looks like it's going straight up and there is a mental block. But the warrior said, hey, look, these rims are too high. And guess what? They wasn't wrong. Mm-mm. Wasn't wrong at all. So last night they had to check the rims. They did. And guess what? They were too high. Two inches too high. And, you know, dumbass media guys go, oh, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable how how tuned in players are. Let me tell you something. I was in sixth grade, and I could tell you when rims were too high. If you play basketball enough, you know when rims are even too high or too low. I mean, let's be honest. We love playing at Gary Westside because the rims were way too low. All right? Just stop. But it is amazing. You think about these gyms, and you think about, wait a second. What? What? That's intentional. That's Red back stuff. All right, let's talk about a little bit of gambling over the weekend. First and foremost, I right now am going to take the Warriors, both on the money line where I get plus 150. I'm going to take the Warriors to win the game in Boston. I just am. And I'm taking four points. You want to give me four points on a comeback game after a loss? Look. I don't care. Both Boston and the Warriors have not lost a game after losing a game. There have been between the two, no two-game losing streaks, and I don't anticipate it starting now. I think the Warriors are going to win outright, so I'm taking the 150, which basically means if I bet $100, I get $250 back, the $100 that I bet and the $150 that I win. Uh, If I want to take the Warriors plus four, Which I think is always a good move. Then I got to bet $110 to get $210 back, meaning if they lose, I lose $110. If they win, I win my hundred back plus ninety. Basically, how it goes. So that's number one. That's for this weekend. I just don't think the Warriors are going to lose two games in a row. I just think, hey, look, this game, that game was just one of those games last night where the Warriors just weren't going to win. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes you get in a game on the road against a good team and you ain't winning. Sorry to say, but you're just not. You think you are. You want to. You act like you are, but you're not doing it. Just not. Thursday. Thursdays are interesting in Major League Baseball, aren't they? Thursdays are somewhat fascinating. It's getaway day. And I don't have the numbers for this, but I do know this. After one of the worst starts ever in baseball, the Cincinnati Reds have gotten pretty good. The Cincinnati Reds are actually playing baseball like big leaguers should play baseball. And today, actually, it's at 1230, the Cincinnati Reds are taking on the Diamondbacks. Now, you say to me, that's a game I don't care about. But you know this, you know what games you don't care about? They still make you some money. They still, by the time four o'clock runs around, you're going to start out the weekend because, of course, the weekend starts on Thursday, baby. You're going to start the weekend, and your toes are going to be tapping because you're going to make some damn scratch. Let's not even mess around. The Reds lost last night. That's good. You got getaway day. The Diamondbacks are going to the ballpark. Their bags are packed. They're ready to skedaddle. They're ready to get out of here, and they're not very good anyway. The Reds have actually won 20 of their first 56 games. That's horrible. But they're better. They've won like 19 of their last 16. They're like 19 and 16. I think they started out 1 and 20. They've got a pitcher on the mound who stinks. That's all right. It's getaway day, baby. You got Zach Davies, who is a soft tossing lefty, or maybe he's a soft tossing righty, I don't care. Against Tyler Maley, who stinks. Somehow, someway, the Reds are the favorite. I'm taking them. I'm taking them. The truth of the matter is the Diamondbacks aren't that bad on the road. They're 13 and 50. For A bad team, that means they are 14 and 16 at home. They're just a mediocre team. I'm taking the Reds today. I'm taking the Reds. Reds are 4 and 6. They've been batting 280 over their last 10 games. Diamondbacks, 4 and 6. They've been batting 220. They've been outscored by 11 runs. Water finds its level. So do yourself a favor. It's a 12 30 game. Put a lot of money on the Reds. And don't at me if it doesn't work out, ladies and gentlemen. Don't. Don't at me. All right? I told you, uh, like this guy, when I see you at the fan cave, I'm going to tell you I don't like you. This is the idiot. This is the idiot that you can tell me you don't like me, but be careful, son, because this idiot that says he's telling me he don't like me put my family in jeopardy. You come up and you tell me whatever you'd like, son. Let's see how that goes for you. Because this dude put my entire family at jeopardy. My entire family. I'm going to tell you I don't like you. Good, you do that. See how that works out for you. Yeah, right, my dog took a dump in the middle of the show. Yeah, right, he made me go take a dump in the middle of the show. What about it? What other show do you get that, huh? What other show do you get something like that? A couple answers to a question that I asked. What would the response be if Tiger left the PGA Tour? Jay Lynn says, probably not as much as it once would have been. Mm. He's trying hard, but Tiger is a shell of his former self. Still better than some on tour, but not comparable to a young Tiger. I agree with that. I don't disagree with that, but I will say this. uh, My friend Gail says, uproar, double entendre intended. You come and see me at our event, pal. Let's see how that goes. Some little punk puts my name and address on the internet. That's putting my family in jeopardy. It's like the idiots that put Kavanaugh and the rest of the Supreme Court justice, name and address on the internet. That's putting them in jeopardy. If something happens to my family, anybody in my family, and something happens to my property, the first person I'm going to is this idiot that put my name and my address on the internet, on Twitter, where a lot of people go. He's very proud of himself. That's fine, but if something happens, that's the first place I'm going. That's the first place I've had friends that of mine that are police going. Be careful with your stupidity. That's a lesson to be learned. Be careful by being an idiot. Be careful with your dog. Let the damn dog out once in a while. <laughs> then maybe it won't crap all over the place. Hey, I got to thank all of you, man. This, is, this show is really taking off. And I got to tell you, I appreciate all of you. A lot of you come on every day. Every day you come to our YouTube chat, and every day you're throwing hands with each other, and I love it. I'm not on my show today in Indianapolis. I'm not on today, and I'm not on tomorrow. Why? Because I'm playing golf with my son, and don't at me about it. We're playing in a tournament. We're teammates. We're going to bring home the hardware. I meant to ask this question earlier. When I was a kid, you weren't allowed to go swimming on the day you played the Little League game. Are you allowed to go swimming on a day you have a golf tournament? Does it stretch out the muscles? I don't know. But I think I'm going to go do it because I want to play well. This is a big tournament with big money involved. Don't put people's addresses out on Twitter. Don't be such an insecure jackass that your entire Twitter handle has to be based on one person. Get out there and live a life that's fruitful. Get out, get out there and live a life that has a little bit of meaning to it, will you? Damn. Everybody behind the scenes, my man Dylan, Ryan, everybody, thanks for everything. Thanks for another fantastic week. We'll be back at it on Monday. Remember, take the Reds today, and tomorrow night, do yourself a favor, And take the Golden State Warriors. They ain't losing two in a row. And keep it right here to OutKick. Where are you going to go? The fellows will be here. Uh, Clay's got all kind of stuff. Bobby Carpenter's got it rolling. Do yourself a favor. Keep it right here at OutKick. We'll see you. Doc, it's out.